I want to welcome everybody here today, whether you're watching and you're part of this building right now, you're in the walls of this building, or you're watching online, we want to welcome all of you. If you're live streaming today, uh, we encourage you to engage equally with the people that are in this room. I'm very confident that today there's going to be some things you're going to want to refer back to. I am very confident, not that there isn't any other week, but today specifically I'm confident there's going to be some things you'll want to address, you'll want to look back on, and you might scratch your head when you hear me say it and think, what did he say again? Make a note and then send it to yourself. Nobody else can see those notes but you, and I encourage you to do that. And I bless you and thank you for it. Also, if you're using the Church Center app, you can download that and put in the Rock of Central Florida, and you can check in, especially those, everybody, even if you're in this room, you click check-in, and it lets us know you were here. If you're watching online, you can do it from there, and it gives you an online option. I think that's pretty much available for everybody. Click on online, and it lets us know that you were a part today, and we thank you for it. Live streamers chat today. If you have questions or comments you want to make, you can insert those in the chat and uh, be as much a part of what we're doing here as those of us that are actually here. There is something special, though, about being gathered within the walls of a building. Uh, this is not the church. This building is not the church. We are. Well, there's a lot of churches that are gathered inside this building today. And there's something unique and special about being able to stand beside someone and shout with them and dance with them and clap with them, rejoice with them, and sometimes cry with them. Uh, there's something special about it. So even if you are a live streamer, if you're ever able to come and be a part of what the Father's doing within the walls we welcome you to do that. We would love to meet you and invite you to come. Now, with that, I want to say this. I'm going to present something to you that are live streaming today and make an offer to you. And I, I want to say that it will be a blessing. It's, it's kind of dangerous sometimes to throw it out there like I'm about to. But let me ask this. How many loved the panel ministries that we did over the last uh, few, we a few weeks ago? We did these panel ministries. You love that? It's interactive and it engages and you get so many different perspectives. And I want to do that again in the coming month. I have an idea, a thought that's in my heart that I want to do as a panel ministry. But what I want to do is include one of you that live stream only and you are not able to be here because you live somewhere where you cannot get here. And I want to invite you at our expense, at our expense, wherever you are, if you will send me a message and let me know that you would be willing to be a part of the panel. I may not even know you, may have never met you. I want to invite you to come and sit on the panel, and we have some things that we would like to chat about with you right here in front of everybody, so you get to be on the other side of the glass. So I invite you, let me know, and uh, we will, we will uh, reach out to you as soon as uh, you reach out to us. Put that in the chat, and again, we will, we will let you know, or you can message us privately. <clears throat> Excuse me. So again, welcome to everyone. Thank you for being here. Follow along as we go, because I am so, so excited about continuing the series today. This is actually our hard opening. We've had these soft openings for a couple of weeks, and this is actually our hard opening, and we're glad that everybody was able to be here uh, that feels comfortable being here at this time. I realize there's some that may not yet, but um, uh, I'm so blessed that we were able to gather now. 
But over this series, we started last week, we, the series is called Adam to Adam. Last week, we discussed who Adam is. This week, I want to talk about Adam and how we continue to revisit. It's called the Adam cycle. How we continue to revisit the first Adam, even though we were invited to depart from that Adam and engage the second I'm going to ask a question today, and that is, why do we find ourselves continually returning back to the first one and falling back into him rather than pressing into more the second Adam provision, which is Jesus Christ? What is it that causes us to do that? So we're going to explore the correlation between the first Adam and our inclination to repeat the first Adam's missteps. Why does this happen? How do we stop this cycle? So let me say a few things before we go to the first verse, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We all are aware that a seed, when you put it in the ground, whatever seed you put in the ground is going to reproduce after itself. You put an apple seed in the ground, it will produce apples, orange, orange, whatever it is. You put a seed in the ground, a seed, everybody say a seed reproduces after its own kind. In the same way, remember we talked about the seed of God last week, the seed of Yahweh. The first seed was Adam. He created Adam and he breathed into Adam. That seed nature of the Father was present. All of God was present inside of Adam. The very nature of who the Father was, he breathed into Adam. All of him was in Adam. But Adam made a decision. We'll get to in a moment. We talked about some last week. Adam made a decision that caused him to, instead of, and we know what the decision was, he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it caused him to more closely identify with the natural than it did with the heavenly. It made him more earthly than heavenly. You don't have to be in the heavens to be heavenly. Because the heavens aren't out there. The heavens are among us. We get to choose on how we received Christ, how, whether we do or do not receive the second Adam. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But we get to decide, because of the decision he already made, which realm we will identify the most with. Adam chose the tree and he con- the tree of the knowledge and good and evil and he continued to perpetuate that natural cycle in you and me. Because remember, every seed born out of Adam was going to be born into sin with a need for a redeeming one, the Christ. There would need to be redemption. So he perpetuated his sin nature in every generation after him. We today, because the second Adam came, everybody say, because the second Adam came, came. which is Christ, Christ. we get to choose, choose, choose to break the cycle. We get to choose to break the cycle. So let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let's begin with verse 21 and it reads like this in the English Standard Version. 
For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Let me read it again. For as by a man came death, the decision of a man, by that man came death, by a man has also come, or come also, the resurrection of the dead. Another one came that said, this man that was living who is now dead, I want to bring him back to life because I like living better than I like dead. The father likes living. Everybody say, the father likes living. He likes people alive. He he wants you alive. He wants you alive. The Father wants you living. He wants you breathing. He wants you functional. Because when we are alive, we demonstrate Him. In a dead place, we do not demonstrate life. In a dead place, you demonstrate what's dead. The Father wants us alive. For as in Adam, we all died, so also in Christ shall we all, or can we all, be made alive alive those who receive him so here's the question so why does man continue to fall back on the first Adam rather than press into the second one why is it that we continue that man's our nature seems to be even though we prophesy it Jamesy we speak it declare it over and over we are we are determined there's no Adam in me I'm empty the first Adam I'm empty of the first Adam and yet we find ourselves an hour and a half later saying, I repent for letting the first Adam get a hold of me. How many have done that? How many did that this morning? Keep your hand down. In, literally, it's why is it that first Adam, my eggs were burnt. Why did my first Adam respond incorrectly to that? My second Adam should have said, there is life in these burnt eggs. Just saying. My wife did not make me eggs, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I'm just saying for Norris because... No, I'm just kidding. No. Why is it that we fall back into that first Adam? We so... It's like this. It's like we easily go here instead of pressing in. Here's life. Here's the first Adam. Here's the second Adam. We continue. We, pre- we fall back into this. We just fall back into it. Something doesn't go our way and it's like, ah. Oh. And we do that. It's almost like a sigh of, I'm giving a, ah. Oh. It's just, I'm just going to go back to this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to go back into this tree that reminds me of how bad I am. I'm just going to fall back into this place that tells me over and over and over again, I've got the knowledge and the knowledge says I'm foolish. Knowledge says I'm not going to make it. Knowledge says I can't do it. Knowledge says it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I'm going to fall back into that tree. Why do we so easily, and we do, and we all do, nobody that's listening to the sound of my voice right now in truth can say, you do not find yourself sitting under the shadow of the wrong tree from time to time. We find ourselves there. So what is it that causes us to do that? Listen to what I'm about to say. In fact, put this in your notes Get your Bible app open. Put this down there. The tree of good and evil was not the problem. Say that. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not the problem. You ready for what the problem was? The problem was Adam and Eve listened to the wrong voice. Anything God puts in our garden is never the problem. 
It's whether or not we're listening to the right voice that determines the problem. I've said this before, and I think Gaston Glasgow said it as well one time when he was ministering. But the tree that the Father put in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it just wasn't time yet. I believe a time would have come when he would have said, this is yours to have. But first, let's explore what you've already got. What I've already given to you. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil wasn't the issue. They just had not yet grown up into knowing and understanding what the goodness of God was to be able to endure what the knowledge of good and evil would create in them. They had not been matured yet to be able to access the knowledge of good and evil. They had not come to that place in the tree of life provided the wisdom and the life. And had they gotten enough life, the knowledge of good and evil would have changed nothing. You're not hearing me. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not the problem. The problem was that Adam and Eve were listening to the wrong voice. They were listening to the wrong voice. So if Christ makes alive... Why do we choose so often to continue in death? If it is Christ that makes alive. I want to read an email that I received this week from one of my sons in the house, Norris. And I hope it's okay, Norris. I didn't ask your permission. Good? We good? Okay. He just gave me the thumbs up. I was trying to test the waters a minute ago by calling out his wife's breakfast. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't make him eggs this morning. But he sent me an email this week that I received, and I thought it was very apropos to where we are today and with what is going on, and the, a picture of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life, what is purposed and what is not. Uh, and also, well, let me just read the email, it says this, it says, he titled it, Our Nation, and then, he re- then following that it says this, I'm going to read it verbatim, Hey Pops. I was deep in my spirit about how our country is taking such a dive with what has happened in it lately, and there was something you said one day that I passed over during my time with the Father today that you said in August, on August 25th, 2019. You said, are you the loudest when you are offended or when you are in blessing? Are you the loudest when you're offended or when you are in blessing? He said, it's quite interesting because so many people in the U.S. are offended by what's happened and it's not my job to tell them how they should feel because it is a touchy subject. But I would have to say, if people were this loud about the blessings and what God is doing in their lives, then as a nation we could make some things happen. Just like how Americans have made Trump such a huge topic of offense in their lives and not about how Yahweh's offense changed their lives for the better and how much growth has come out of that. Who knows what kind of impact could be made? He says, well, I know. I'm just so sold on the notion that it starts with us and on spreading the good news. But right now, people are so focused on spreading the bad. I love you. I love you back. And I'm so blessed by what he said. And I'm going to draw something on this board because all that is going on around us today, you need to understand. Somebody told me this week, uh, they also said to me, they said, because I'm not the kind of preacher that avoids the issues at hand in culture. 
I don't avoid that, and, and I know that sometimes people get uncomfortable with that. I never am. It doesn't bother me, but I know that some people sometimes are uncomfortable with it. And someone told me this week, said, please, please, just don't even say anything about every, anything that's going on. Just don't even do it. And uh, because ultimately I get emails from every side that has their thoughts and their opinions and what have you. But I, we need to be careful. Let me, let me just draw the analogy, what I want to do here first. Let me show you how easily we fall back. Can you all see okay? Let me back this up. Let me show you how easily we fall back into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let me show you how easily we correlate, we relate to the first Adam instead of recognizing the second Adam. Thank you, Norris, for that email because this really illustrates it well. So here is a circle of whatever. Here is an existence. Can we just call it that? Can everybody see? This is an existence. Here is, within that existence, a sub-existence. The nature of the first Adam is to recognize the sub-existence and how that sub-existence is affected by any given thing that is contrary to what is generally acceptable. Are we tracking? And when this thing is affected in a way that is not appreciated, regardless of what it is, the nature of Adam is... To, well, let me, let me do this before I... Let me come back. Let me do it this way. There's two trees in the garden. I practiced this week. This one is knowledge of good and evil. This is the tree of life. Adam chose to dwell under the shade of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree existed in a world. You with me? This tree existed in the world. Well, when Adam got under that tree and he ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, he impacted everything in the world because of a single decision. Are you with me? I like knowledge. And even though this he, I'm, is not even considered... Adam never thought to ask the father, how will the, every other generation be impacted if I eat this? Because the voice he was listening to, the serpent, the voice he was listening to was telling him everything that he could do by participating in this singular event, but did not feel it necessary to tell him how participating in this would impact all of this. Eat this, you'll know everything that God knows. 
But what you don't know, and what I'm not going to tell you, is that it will negatively influence everything around it. So what you think you are gaining, everything around it, you are destroying. But then, everybody say, but then. Then, Then, there was a blue marker. (laughs) Then there was blue. And in blue is a tree of life. So this is first Adam, ruined it all because he got caught up in a singular event. Everybody say, ruined everything because he got caught up in a singular event. Then the second Adam, who is, who is, the second Adam who is Christ, came and restored a life-giving fruit, fruit of the Spirit, Spirit of life, life-giving Spirit, restored to us opportunity to again choose life, which, if we eat from that tree, by default begins to affect, in a life-giving way, everything around us. Is anybody seeing what I'm saying? You seeing what I'm saying? You getting what I'm talking about today? How does this look like where we're at today in society? How does it look like? Because when we focus on a singular event, as Norris was talking about, instead of focusing on the life of the Father, everything around it, we look like, oh, this one thing, we're going to get so much and we're going to accomplish so much by this singular event. Everything around it is destroyed. What's going on in our earth isn't getting better because people are picketing and holding up signs. What's going on in the earth today gets better because there are people dwelling under the shadow of the tree of life instead of living under the shadow of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Instead of returning back to this because something didn't go our way, we return back to this and instead, if it doesn't go our way, we get right in the middle of this and say, I want to listen to your voice. I don't care what white people are saying. I don't care what black people are saying. I don't care what anybody's saying. I want to know what is the Father saying. And I want to ask somebody today, when is the first sign? Has anybody yet? Has anybody yet seen somebody holding up a sign saying, what is the Father saying? What does the Father say about this? Is anybody asking today? Has anybody asked in this room today? Has any of our believing sons and daughters asked today? What does God say about this? What does God say about this? Because what we're doing... What's happening in our culture is there's this Adam revisited. It's the Adam cycle. We keep going back to that thing. Something, an offense comes, as Norris addressed, an offense comes, and instead of focusing on, wait a minute, we have something incredible right in front of us. It is a life-giving spirit of Almighty God. We have something right in front of us. And instead of embracing that in the middle of a challenge, in the middle of an offense, embracing what is life-giving, we run back to, oh, yeah, I forgot, man. I'm so mad. I'm mad, I'm telling you. Man, the black people this, the white people this, the Hispanic people that, the everybody else this. I'm going to get right in the middle of it. I'm going to hold up my sign. I'm going to tell everybody what I think. I'm going to let them know you need to forgive me, and I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And I'm, yada, yada, yada. It's ridiculous. 
Where's God in that? Where's God in that? You know what's in that? A reminder that there are black and there are white. God does not care about what color your skin is. He cares about the condition of your heart. Where do you stand in relationship? Where do I stand in relationship with Him? You want to know what I'm thinking? This is what I'm thinking, and I'm not just thinking it because I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it because I want to dwell under the shadow of the tree of life. I'm telling you, so many times I said it this morning in the meeting, in the, in the, in the leadership meeting before service. I said it to him this morning. I said, why is it that not only non-believers, but believers alike are happy to build a tree house in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They enjoy living there. They're just waiting for the next opportunity to lift my voice. I got my placards. I got my markers. I just need one more thing. I'm just waiting on something. I'm waiting on an opportunity. I'm going to make up a slogan and it's going to go viral. I'm going to form an organization out of this viral moment. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about today? Where's God in that? Nowhere. God's not in us lifting up our voice and declaring what we think should be. He's waiting for us to get out from under this shadow and get in this shadow. He's waiting us. See, what we're doing is we're listening to this voice. Listening to that voice. Is it a good cause? Is it a right cause? Is it wrong? Is there terrible things that have happened? There's no doubt about it. But terrible things don't get corrected because we hold up a sign. And they don't get corrected because we kill another cop or we kill another black man or we kill another white man or we shut down another business or we put people in unemployment. Things don't get corrected that way. They get corrected because we recognize, ooh, you serpent. I've listened to your voice for the last time and I've returned back to the first Adam for the last time and I'm finding my way back to the second Adam where there is life and I'm going to impact this thing with life and healing and hope. So what we need to find out is, we need to be asking the Father, how do we heal what's broken? I'm waiting on you. I want people to hear your voice within my voice. And when the people come to me and they're saying, why aren't you doing this and why aren't you doing that? I want my response to be what yours would be because I haven't heard the Father tell me what to do yet. When I hear God tell me what to do, listen, is there anybody in here that knows you can hear the voice of God? Anybody in here have a relationship with the Father? Let me tell you something. If you have a relationship with a father, you have an opportunity to make a difference. Make sure you get out, tear that tree house down in the wrong tree. Get under the shadow of the right tree today. Because the tree of life is where Christ dwells. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45 says this. So also it is written, the first man Adam became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first Adam became a life-giving soul. What does that mean? The soul of man, remember there's, the soul consists of the mind, the will of man, and our emotions. The soul of man is the mind, the will that we have, we possess, we all possess, and our emotions. It's when we act on things based on the mind, the will, and the emotions. You've got my emotions riled, so I'm going to run back and I'm going to listen to the first voice. The first voice, the voice of the serpent, the voice that leads to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is always going to speak to that emotional part of man. It's always going to speak to that part of us that gets us riled up and aggravated. It's always going to be the loudest voice because it's trying to make us hate one another. It's trying to make us believe because the more hate that there is, the less people believe in God. 
So the more there is hate and the more there is murder and the more there is death and the more there is division and racism and everything else you want to call it, the more that that exists, the less people are likely to believe that there is a God because they're going to ask the question over and over, how could God allow this? But the moment people stand up, what would happen if however many people are in this room right now, we were to walk into the middle of Minneapolis and we were to hold up a sign, what's God saying? We're not going to do that. Because God didn't say to do that. But you know what it would do? People would start looking and wondering, what does that mean? Others would ask, what is he saying? The next time it comes up in your cafe or in your break room or your neighborhood or your HOA or whatever it is you're meeting at, and someone says, what do you think about this? Say, I think whatever the Father's saying, that's what I want to be saying. And when I hear what he's telling me to say, that's what I'm going to say. It says, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. What does that mean? The first man, Adam, when he became a living soul, he functioned, he dwelt around his mind, his will, and his emotions, and that is easily accessible by the enemy. The mind, the will, and the emotions is easily accessible by the enemy. The enemy can attach himself to that. He can stick his slithering tongue right into the middle of that. He can say, man, I can get you riled up. I know exactly what will make you mad. You're going to turn on the TV, and it's going to be on just the right channel to tick you off. I'm going to drive you down the road. You're going to be flipping through your radio stations and I'm going to make sure the right voice, not the right voice to the Father, but the right voice to get you mad, that's the one you're listening to. I'm going to make sure that your eyes become focused at the next street corner on what's going on. And my wife and I went on to celebrate our 28th anniversary. Thank you. Didn't expect that, but thank you. And I took her up to the mountains of Georgia this week, and we spent a few days up in Georgia. It was beautiful. We, on one particular day, we hiked 11.2 miles in one day. It was about, actually about seven and a half hours of nonstop walking through the woods. We crossed 32 water crossings. My wife did it. She was amazing. And uh, it was beautiful. It was one of my favorite places. I go camping there with the guys from time to time, um, like starting next month. And so it's, it's just a beautiful place. But we were driving up there in the middle of absolutely nowhere in a place you wouldn't even think that society has arrived yet. And in a place, there's picket signs regarding all of this stuff in the middle of nowhere. And I said to her, I can't even believe that it was able to reach this deeply. But that's the soul part. Because the enemy knows exactly what to say to get you focused on this, believing that there's a good end to it, when in reality it's destroying everything around it. Any possibility of change is being destroyed and absorbed in the foolishness of a moment. In the mind, will, and emotional response of a single moment. What happens if we get into the right moment? This will begin to affect change in this in a way that reflects this. Life-giving spirit. So the first Adam became a living soul, but the last one became a life-giving spirit. He wants to breathe into us. And we, by default, we run to our soul nature. We run to that instead of running to the spirit of Yahweh. Our, again, our emotions get up. We, we feel like we've got to respond. But the Father says, sit still for a moment. Until you hear my voice. Turn to your neighbor and say, sit still. Sit still. 
Just sit still until you hear his voice. Be in the soul is where anger, listen to me. Listen to me. There's nobody in this room that hasn't had an opportunity to not want to forgive somebody. Every single person in this room has had opportunity to want to harbor bitterness. It is in the soul, it is in the mind, the will, and the emotions of every man. That is where anger and unforgiveness dwells. It proliferates in the emotion of man. In the matter you get, the bigger you want your response to be. But we, listen to what I'm about to tell you. We, just like the first Adam, we were, the second Adam came to restore us back to the original intent. Is that true? We understand that from scri- all through Scripture. That's clear. We're not going to dive into that today. We've already been there. But the second Adam nature restored us back to the opportunity to move in our first nature again, our original intent. Our original intent. So our original intent was to do what? He created Adam to do what? To rule and... Over, over all the earth, over all these places. See, when the first Adam became a living soul, I'm going to put two pieces together for you here real quick. Put this in your notes. The first Adam became a living soul. The second Adam, a life-giving spirit. But when the first Adam became a living soul, that mind, will, and emotions... Remember when the Father said you're going to rule and reign over all of the earth? Part of that was, I'm going to help you as long as you stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I am going to help you to rule over that part of the earth that is your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'm going to make it a non-factor for you. I'm going to help you be able to deal with things you didn't know you might need to deal with. I'm going to even eliminate the need to deal with them. You have a soul, a mind, a will. You have emotion. But I don't want you to have to deal with that. So stay away from that tree. Stay away from the wrong places. And he didn't. So now he's no longer ruling and reigning over his mind, will, and emotions. Does that sound like anybody you know? Everybody thinking of themselves? (laughs) He's no longer ruling over his mind, his will, and emotions. Too many times we're no longer ruling over our mind, will, and our emotions. We forgot that that was our job. That's what we were created to rule and reign over all of the earth. Part of that being our mind, our will, and our emotions. We rule over it when it wants to go here. We say, nay, 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 yay, 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 nay, 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 yay, 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 nay, no, yes. Don't like this shade. It's not real shade. It's bad shade. That shade is full of rain. Those are clouds full of rain and lightning. These are beautiful sunshine. This is gore. I want to be under the shadow of this tree. Amen? So we are given the opportunity to rule and reign over these places, our mind, our will, and our emotions, not be ruled by our mind, our will, and our emotions. When we are ruled by our mind, our will, and our emotions, we need to understand what tree we're under and confess it. If you find yourself getting into the middle of this... It's because you're being ruled by your mind, your will, and your emotions. But if you can step outside this and say, Father, I'm not doing anything until I hear you tell me. You step outside that. You begin to rule over your mind, will, and your emotions, and there's life in the middle of that. Who likes to live? Let me ask you a question. Would anybody in here like to get up tomorrow morning and all of this would be passed and everybody would be healed and, and George Floyd would be alive and everything would be wonderful again? I would. 
I'd like to get up tomorrow and know that all of that is going to happen. It's not. It's not. Because there are still people that are going to, they're, they're not ruling over their mind, will, and their emotions because they keep returning back. It's that Adam cycle. They keep going back to that first Adam. But when we begin to press into that second Adam and we recognize change doesn't come because I'm the loudest, change comes because I bring change, because I live differently. Change comes because I know who I am and I'm not responding to anybody's voice except for the voice of my Father. Somebody say amen. So 2 Peter chapter 2, let's read this this morning. I love this because it so easily reflects uh, what I'm telling you today. In fact, before I read that, I want to address something that Archie Phillips said this morning that I'm probably not going to get it completely right, but this is going to be somewhat close and... um, I'll do the best I can. But he was talking about uh, where they work, and one of his, they own a company, RC Cars. It's RC Party. If you're ever interested in having an RC Party with little RC cars, it's your birthday party, your anniversary party, your, your 75th an- wedding anniversary party, and you want RC Cars, we encourage you to rcparty.com. But they are, they, one of their places of business is out in Renegers, out in, uh, out in uh, Lake County. And they're there, and there's a lot going on out there with everything, COVID and all of that. Again, all the wrong voices saying all the wrong things. So around him, he was sharing with us this morning of the the voices that were around him and how these voices were so, uh, they, they were the opposite of what the voice he was hearing. While they were saying, man, there's no cars parked here, there's nobody here, nobody's coming here, it used to be a wonderful place, it's not that anymore, it's, it's not what it used to be, blah, 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 and they're telling him all of the negative and everything that they see, and Archie's response was, man, I, I'm, it's the best it's ever been, <laughs> this is amazing, we're walking in blessing, this thing is fruitful, this thing, it doesn't, I'm not counting the cars because that's mind, will, and emotion, what I'm doing is I'm counting the blessing of the Father, I'm counting the favor of God. Because when you listen to the right voice, it changes everything in your world. It decides, you decide, you get to decide which shadow you're going to dwell under. Because provision is there for both. And we choose every single day where we're going to dwell. We're going to dwell in this thing that one situation destroys everything or one situation heals that one little situation so everything gets better. You tracking? So it says this in 2 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to start uh, wrapping this up. It says they, and when it says they, I'm not going to go all the way back into the first few verses of this chapter, but it's referring in this part to false prophets and teachers. But it said, they promised them freedom, promised the people freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people, in this regard, all people, it's important you understand that, for people, everybody say us, People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. If, and this is in the NIV, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. That is a powerful statement. How can I know this and then get under this shadow? How can I exist in this and then the Adam cycle go back to the this? Why would I exist in... He set me free. Free, free, I'm free indeed. Oh, but I just want to come right back over here because I really want to get a good mat on. Oh, 
He set me free. He set me free. Today it's life-giving. The next day it's emotion. Today it's life-giving. The next day it's emotion. How many believers are doing that every single day? Man, in one moment they're listening to the voice of God. He's changing my life. He's doing amazing things. He's changing my thoughts. And then, the, and then something comes up. Oh, I'm going to get right in the middle of that. Man, I'm telling you what. I'm, I'm taking up. Man, you, you mess with one. Hmm. I'm bringing the heat. Somebody needs to hear what I'm talking about today. Because this goes across the board. This has nothing to do with the color of our skin. This has to do with principle. This has to do with faith or lack of it. This has to do with what we believe in, what we're listening to, or what we're not listening to. This is the Adam cycle. Soul, life, soul, life, soul, life. Operate in emotion, then we get into life. We operate in emotion, we repent, we get into life. Then we operate in emotion, we repent, we get back into life. Mm-mm-mm. So he says this. He says, They have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for a moment, and then are again, that's the life part, and then again, they are entangled in it and are overcome, and they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning because they got back into the emotion. Because the emotion was what Adam was supposed to rule and reign over. He failed miserably listening to the wrong voice. We don't have to make the same decision. Hmm. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them the proverb is true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed will always return to her nasty mud pit. This is the nature of functioning and operating under the wrong, listening to the wrong voice. The Adam cycle is that He redeems us and then somehow we wake up one day and find ourselves in the middle of mind, will, and emotion ruling and reigning over us instead of us ruling and reigning over it. It's listening to the wrong voice. I don't want to know what white, black, anybody else says. I want to know what is the Father saying. Because I am a lover of man. Kind. Mankind. (laughs) Say that a little louder in case I didn't get recorded. I am a lover of mankind because the Father's lover of mankind. I'm not, it doesn't matter to me because it doesn't matter to God. Because Yahweh said, I'm going to create man in my own image and I'm thankful for the day he felt white. And I'm thankful for the day he felt black. I'm thankful for the day he felt Hispanic. I'm thankful for the day he felt Asian. I'm thankful for the day he felt Indian. Whatever he... On that day when he created man in his image, he said, today, I'm Indian. I'm not supposed to say what? We're not supposed to say Indian? I'm not, I'm not politically correct. I, I'm not listening to the wrong voice. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. It's that Adam cycle. This is the Adam cycle. It's coming into life, 
and then returning back to mind, will, and emotions. Coming into life, returning back to mind, will, and emotions. Coming into life and then jumping right back into a cycle, into a fray, into a fight, into an argument, into a disagreement, into a difference of culture, into a difference of whatever because man, remember, man created that stuff, not God. Not God. There's nothing wrong with different cultures enjoying different things. I like things that my brothers of color don't. They like things I might not. I I think. I don't know. I don't know. That's not the point. The point is, He created all of us, and the Adam cycle always takes us back to something that will lead us into a fight, not something that will lead us into life. I'm telling you today, the circumstances you see on the news, I want you to hear me. It's not changing. Doesn't matter how many laws they pass. Because as long as there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as long as there's a first Adam present in the mind, the will, and emotions of people, laws will never change the fight. It might change the location. It might change the name of the fight. But laws will never change the fight. The only thing that will ever change the fight is when we begin to rule over the mind, the will, and the emotions, listen to the right voice, and begin to live differently. Live differently. Are we choosing to be earthy? And I read this last week. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to wrap it up. 1 Corinthians 15. Are we choosing to be earthy or are we choosing to be heavenly? reads like this, beginning with verse 46 in the New American Standard. It says, However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth. He's earthy. You expect the first man to be earthy because that's what he is. But the second man is from heaven and redeemed that earthy guy. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. So let me ask you a question. Anybody functioning in this, it's easy. The answer is easy. Are you earthy or you're heavenly? You're earthy. Anybody operating in this, you're just earthy. You are of the earth. You are of the earth. Because when you operate in the heavenly, it isn't about what man's doing. It isn't about provoking. It isn't about stirring up. It's about bringing change because we live differently. Not because we yell louder, shoot faster. I'm hoping everybody's hearing what I'm saying today. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, those who are heavenly. As is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Those who are heavenly will become heavenly. In other words, I'm going to tell you, if you look at what's going on around us from ground level, which is earthy, all you see is what's in front of you. You do not see. And that's what happened here. The first Adam, all he saw was a tree. He didn't see what was on the other side of the tree. He looked at it from ground level. But see, when you're heavenly, those who are heavenly will be heavenly. You're looking at it from up here. And you're seeing the whole picture. And how does this thing that's about to happen affect the other thing that isn't happening yet? What's going to take place? It's the Adam cycle. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we did. But then we were redeemed because the second Adam came. We will also bear the image of the heavenly. We will also bear the image of the heavenly. 
we will also bear the image of the heavenly because I'm going to listen to the right voice. I can't tell you, as Norris put so eloquently in that email, I can't tell you how to feel about what's going on around you, but I can tell you the right response is to say, Father, what are you saying? Somebody needs to first be the first one that says, what's God saying about this? I'm not listening to what every other voice, I want to know what is the Father saying about this. And I want to look at this thing with color blindness. I want to look at this thing from the heavenly place, not from the earthly place. One more time. We're going to continue to fall back into the first soul, Adam. Or we will choose to press into the life-giving Adam. Every day. Every single day. Are we going to fall back into that? Because that's where he wants us to be. This first Adam experience right here. Ooh, this, this moment. This moment feels good. Because our will, our mind, our emotions are excitable. Feel vindicated. If I can just make my point even for a day. But what happens in making that point for a day everything else falls apart. And this circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the whole earth looks like the seed in the beginning, which was, is opposed to the purpose of God. This is ruling over this instead of us ruling over that until it becomes this. So what do we do? We, everybody say we. We. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. Red, yellow, black, and white. As the song says, we are precious in His sight. That's the rest of it. I couldn't remember what the rest I hadn't been seven in a long time. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Tim's like, you know songs from 1908. How do you not know that? Every verse. (laughs) (laughs) But it is so true. And I'm going to tell you today, I don't, if you're watching online, you weren't present in this building today, so you can't see what's in this room. But just about every race is represented right here in this room today. And there is not one that hates another in this room today. So I'm going to tell you today, when I look around this room and I see what's here, I have full confidence it can be there. Wherever there is. I have full confidence. We do not have division. We do not have hatred. We do not have meanness about us. What we have about us is we learn to walk together. We believe that God can take a group of people, put them together, and help us grow together so that we rule and reign over those things that have been left as an inheritance to us until we can change that inheritance. And we're about changing the inheritance. 
So Father, I join with the people of the Rock of Central Florida, those that are present in this room, those that are watching online, and I'm praying with my eyes wide open this morning. And I'm looking at you that are watching online and those who might hear this message and you might be confused by what I'm saying. You might feel like I'm taking one side or the other. You would be right. I am taking God's side. That's the side I'm taking. I am taking the side of the heavenly because he created all of us and it is his heart, soul. It is his intention and purpose that we live and dwell together and rule and reign over an earth, earth to make it something that makes him fully proud every single day in our rising up and in our lying down. So I lift my voice over you today wherever you are. I lift my voice over the people all around this nation today that have lost sight. Their ears can only hear the natural. I pray today, Holy Spirit, plug those ears and let them hear the Spirit of God today. Let someone be the first one to stand up and say, I don't care what the white guy's saying. I don't care what the black guy's saying. I don't care what the yellow guy's saying. I want to know what is the father saying. Let someone be willing to ask that question today. What is the father saying? And then may we have within us that life-giving spirit so strongly that we lay hold of what we hear you say, Father. I pray for every single one of us. I pray for this nation. I pray for this nation. I pray and lift my voice today over Jeannie Pittsburgh. I pray for her as she goes into surgery tomorrow. I speak to her body. I speak to those surgeons and declare that their hands are guided by your anointing. I speak my, I lift my voice and I speak uh, words of life and strength and encouragement to Marcia Garrett today, declaring that, Father, there's healing in her body. Let there be healing today. And we thank you. There's people probably under the sound of my voice. You don't know. You've never been introduced to that second Adam. All you've ever known is that first Adam. You get up in the morning and you're mad. You get up. You're mad because you got to get up. You just find a reason to respond to mind, will, and emotions today. I want to tell you in a very tangible way, the Father sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, so that you could know the Father. I invite you today. Ask Him today to forgive you for dwelling in that first Adam even if you didn't know you were. And I'm going to tell you, He wants to transfer you into that second Adam nature. He wants you to know today you are forgiven. Receive Him. And the same is true if you're in this room today and you do not know Christ. You have not received Christ. I invite you today, repent. He wants to redeem your mind. He wants to redeem your soul. You cannot understand the things of God in the fullest context of what He wants you to know until you receive Christ. Most people who are questioning God can only question Him because they've never received His Christ. See, the Gospels teach us that Jesus said, Father, for every man that will receive Me, every person that will receive Me, to him or to her who does, I will make known to them everything that I know about you. If I know it about you, if they will receive me, I will make it known to them. And if you will receive Christ today, you have so many questions about God, none of them will ever be answered in the absence of Christ. But if you will receive Christ today, I want to tell you some of the questions many of you have had for so very long. You receive Christ. You allow Him to literally do in you what His purpose and intent was. It's to redeem that first Adam nature into the second Adam nature. He's the life-giving Spirit. If you will receive Him today, He will make known to you everything that He knows of His Father. 
in what was cloudy yesterday will become clear today. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for this people. I thank you for a people willing to grow together, willing to walk together, willing to be a demonstration that is different. Let the name of Yahweh in every way be glorified in every area of our lives and our rising up and our lying down in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. Amen. We are-